Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. It's time to take a trip to... That's not right. You can't travel to a shade of red. Oh, the wine region. Well, we can't afford to travel to France, so I guess we'll all have to drink something from there instead. That seems on brand for us. So grab a nice red wine, or even a white as it turns out, and join us as we have a drink. Wine Burgundy. <laughs> and I'm Christopher Walker. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, sorry. I realized we didn't have the word Burgundy in the intro, and I went, Oh. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll just throw it in there in my name instead. I yeah, mean, that works out. All right. So yeah, Burgundy will be the episode, but uh, this is where we'd usually go, Hey, what's everyone been doing? But we were all just out at a concert. Yeah. We are staring at each other right now, not through a screen. Yeah, it's weird. It's quite nice. Despite the fact I specifically ordered a screen so I could put it up at my <laughs> kitchen table. to, And you all can't stare at us either, so there's some comfort in that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a weird day all around, really. But no, uh, we went out uh, as a group to go see Postmodern Jukebox, and it was a fantastic show. Oh my god, it was so much fun. Highly uh, recommend it. If they are touring near you, go. I had heard, uh, I had heard from, I think, Amos on Ritual Misery, like... I think he went like a year or two back or something. Yeah, he and his wife went for their anniversary. Yeah, and they that, said it was like yeah. bomb. So No, yeah, he was dead on. He may have undersold how yeah. good that show is. So I was kind of like, oh, I bet it's be pretty good. Oh, oh, it's so good. Yes. The, the tap dancer, the singers, the I'm just it's bananas. There are um, tap dance covers. So through tap, he is covering songs. It's uh, It's really something else. You would think, how can you do that? There's not a whole lot of pitches you can do from tap sho- tap shoes and board. Turns nay, out. Nay. <laughs> also turns out, you can really uh, do some damage to a theater stage with some tap shoes. <laughs> I, 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 li- I like to imagine they had a... There was sawdust flying up as he's coming across <laughs> that stage. That guy oh was my. on it. <laughs> uh, tap shoes are murder on floors, uh, from everything I understand about them. Uh, I mean... I don't know why. They're just bits of metal that you're kicking into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, but, no. Uh, yeah, we got the these tickets like a month ago or more, wasn't it? Was it more than that. Two months. Uh, yeah. That you got them, uh, should yeah. be said. For us, because uh, you're amazing. And yeah, we had stupid good seats, like, uh, right next to the stage. I'm going to say front row. Yeah. yeah. I forgot I had gotten seats that close, and so we, we came up like, what? like, I wouldn't have bought that close. I usually put some, di- nope, no, we're right there in the front. Okay. 
which worked out because we got to shake the hand of the tap dancer yeah. and the, yeah. the 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 one singer came up to us at the end and was mm-hmm. like you know what this is great this is fine ah <laughs> uh, no uh it was a it's a pretty great show uh, anything else been going on this week while we're um i, I don't in anything else i don't know i, I think i worked <laughs> oh no it's fine i was just making sure there wasn't any other uh i don't uh, remember the week events <laughs> <sighs> yeah i've been i've been out visiting family the whole week so right, my right. sense of time is is skewed so i didn't know what was going on uh yeah no, i know it's... casey has been having a soft opening of his brewery that we couldn't make because we were at this concert mm. we also that couldn't meet zane lamprey who yeah. is in cincinnati or was in cincinnati tonight for a scant handful of hours i know they were at rheingeist and there was talk that there may have been going somewhere else i feel like every time we leave cincinnati something else happens there <laughs> but uh it should be said so november 15th and 16th uh yes two dates now originally just one if you can be in cincinnati they are having utopias day at the sam adams uh tap room not brewery they're one's across the road from the other yeah but uh the we got a apparently i got the last ticket on Friday to the Friday to the, what was originally the only day what was the festival and because uh, I went to go get tickets I was like oh I guess they have it limited to like one ticket per email address or per account so I was like well I'll just go ahead and get it and then everyone else immediately I was like oh I got my ticket and then everyone's like well that sold out fast and I was like wait did it sell out <laughs> they're like yeah no it's gone now I was like I got the last ticket you got a golden <laughs> ticket that's what was going Basically. through my head <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, after that, they opened up Saturday. and uh, For so an afternoon, so Saturday, important note, is 1 p.m., not like a nighttime kind of yes, hangout thing. Uh, and then we got another ticket to that one because it's a party. It's free to show up, but if you want a pour of the draft version of Utopias, this is the first time they've ever had it on draft, uh, you, you're paying $20 for the commemorative glass and then the one-ounce pour. Of Utopias. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're also selling a special release that'll only be sold there the Utopias barrel aged barley wine. Which should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I continue talking. I'm totally not trying to pull this up on my phone <laughs> to buy tickets. I may or may not have sent you an invitation. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, if you're really dying to go, you can just go to the. Uh, you can go to the Sam Adams Cincinnati Tap Room Facebook page and buy tickets directly through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will be probably trying to do that as the show goes on. So <laughs> let's. All right, uh, let's scoot on through since apparently none of us is up to anything else for the past week, and let's get to the movie draft. Welcome to your Blue League Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv, for the week of October 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. Math tip, take the circumference of your jack-o'-lantern, yes, you have one, and divide it by its diameter. The result? Pumpkin pie. Let's go to the scoreboard! Teams have a drink and Gelf are tied for last place. Still waiting for their first film. Team Snowshoe gets 138000 from Jojo Rabbit and fifth place with $1.1 million. Team RMP's in third place with $4.8 million. Team Geek Grills gets $10.5 million from Zombieland Double Tap and second place with $85.7 million. And in first place with $239.1 million is Team DKG. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. For up-to-date listings, follow Stream Team Draft on Twitter. All right, well, uh, 
I mean, we're not even not even on the board yet. So we're, we're when about... is our first movie movie again? Like when is it? Uh, soon. The first movie we have is Terminator. Oh, so, yeah, that's that is that's not this weekend, is it? No, it's gonna be next next weekend. weekend All or right. the weekend after. It's sometime in the next couple weeks. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, things that things are gonna get lively soon. There's only like three teams on the board right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're, we're lining just, we're just starting this off. Yeah. No, 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 uh, no uh, tortoise and hare. Or <laughs> well, yes, tortoise and hare. But this time we are not the hare. Indeed. <laughs> we'll try the tortoise method this time uh, because the hair method didn't work out. It did not. So uh, let's go ahead and stumble into the untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, this, Hey, one of our favorites, uh, Voodoo Ranger. But this is going to be the Hop Avenger IPA. I love this badge. Like, the logo <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> That's an Avenger we can all get behind. Uh, welcome back. The People's Champ Hop Avenger IPA won the hashtag Vote Voodoo contest. Now it's your time to win. Collect all three Hop Avenger badges by checking in on Untapped, and you'll be entered to win some serious Voodoo Ranger swag to celebrate the launch of new Belgian Brewing Company's latest Voodoo Ranger. We have a badge with three levels to unlock. Check in to one Voodoo Ranger and uh, between October 9th, 2019, and November 8th, 2019. To unlock uh, level one, and then obviously check into two and you get level two. Check into three, you get level three. Ten winners who have earned all three levels will be randomly selected for the swag giveaway at the end of the badge period, which is November 9th. Uh, the gates are officially open. Find it on shelves nationwide. Fight amongst yourselves for it on shelves. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I love some Voodoo Ranger. Maybe I'll try to find some of that. However, what you should also try to find is the new badge, the unofficial breakfast stout season. No, no, it's the official breakfast stout season. Well, it used to be the official breakfast stout season, then they made breakfast stout year-round. That's true. It's a lot to love about fall, the crisp weather, the changing leaves, and most of all, the unofficial start of the breakfast stout season. The best part, unlike fall, breakfast stout can be found year-round. Mm-hmm. Kick off the unofficial breakfast stout season with Founders Breakfast Stout, and you'll earn a brand new badge. To unlock unofficial breakfast stout season badge, check into one breakfast stout between October 1st and October 30th. So, got some time a little bit, but yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. We're not that drunk! We're not that drunk! Burgundy. Burgundy. I mean, that's how it's pronounced, right? Burgundy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going with. Right. It, it sounds like some kind of bad uh, wrestling caricature. <laughs> Burgundy. Burgundy. Sounds like, the, sounds like the Germans got a hold of France. Oh, oh wait. Oh. May have happened. <laughs> well. Uh, Burgundy is the name of a wine region in France. However, most of us are familiar with the name not because of high school geography, but because uh, it is what we call the famous red and white wine uh, the region produces. Uh, these wines are considered to be the best money can buy, which is why some of the most ex- uh, some of them are the most expensive wines in the world. Which makes it difficult when you want to drink to topic. Well, bef- uh, thankfully, they also 
make some. There's some budget ones coming some, in. Some budget ones. Some people thinking of our wallets. Uh, before we explain why some people feel this way, we're going to briefly explain red and white burgundy. 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 I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> red and white burgundy also sounds like a horrible like pattern for upholstery in your in your like formal living room. <laughs> it it should be stated this will probably be a less burp episode uh, because wine's typically not carbonated. Uh, unless you do it right. <laughs> Prosecco, champagne, or that awesome sangria beer from Rheingeist. Mm. Well, uh, red burgundy is uh, uh, what is yeah. Red burgundy is wine that is made in the uh, Burgundy region of France. I'm Burgundies. just gonna like alternate and just gif uh, gif. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, using a hundred percent Pinot Noir grapes. So mm. Pinot Noir is Burgundy. Okay. Yeah. Pinot Noir is Burgundy. Well, Pinot. all that are made yes. in mm. the Burgundy regions. Yes, yes. Uh, made it rather difficult, again, when shopping for wine. <laughs> when you're going to the California, 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 California France. <laughs> it's like California, 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 Australia. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> A couple of Oregon, and then you're like, ah. <laughs> uh, so that's right. Red Burgundy is just Pinot Noir. White Burgundy, again, just gonna, yeah, uh, is also made in uh, in Burgundy. But since it is since it is white, it is made from a hundred percent Chardonnay grapes. So Chardonnay from Burgundy. It's a Burgundy. It's a Burgundy. <laughs> it hurts. Charbonnay. I was like, what's the other one? <laughs> nope, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems pretty simple, right? Right? <laughs> okay. Well, about 200 million years ago, the region was a vast tropical sea, uh, which created limestone soils. Uh, these soils are the secret behind the zesty mineral minerality uh, that is the hallmark of Burgundy wines. By the way, we're getting a lot of this from a Wine Folly article that we're going to link to in the notes. But Very good article. Yeah. And uh, it has handy maps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. In fact, if you venture into the vineyards, you can find a chunk of limestone or marl, which is limestone mi- mixed with clay, that contains fascinating fossilized sea creatures. So it's fossiliferous limestone, for those who can remember freshman geology. Uh, None of us. Well, winemaking can go back to the uh, Romans in the first century A.D., but it was with the Catholic monks that really established the vineyards in the Middle Ages. These guys grew grapes for the, uh, for the church and the aristocracy, uh, aristocratic Duke of Burgundy. Of course. Oh, the Duke of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prestigious. The French Revolution gave the land back to the people, who today pride themselves in their attachment to the land. Eviscerate the proletariat. <laughs> no, you have that backwards. <laughs> proletariat eviscerated the dukes. Uh, uh, let's see. I think the, I had it right. <laughs> uh, the people's pride continues to grow as they practice sustainable, organic, and biodynamic viticulture and winemaking in ever-increasing numbers. So, they're doing some good work. Good work over the uh, over the years. 
But over the centuries, uh, Burgundy has become known for being the best land in the world for producing both Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. There are others, too, of course. Uh, oh God. It's going to be one of those episodes, so all, dis- disclaimer, we don't speak French. You all purposely gave me these. Aligote? No idea. Pinot Gris? Uh, I'm going to go with Aligote, because Aligote. it's French and you just start leaving off letters. Yeah, you, you pretend vowels aren't necessarily there. So German, <laughs> I've had a few years of. I have, a, you know, not even, I can't say a grasp. I kind of have a loose idea of how to say some things. Mm-hmm. This, I have no, no, no clue. Uh, anyway, uh, Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris. And Gamay. Probably. Gamay. The, the next yeah. one you know. And Sauvignon Blanc, because yeah. we've heard it a million times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Sauvignon, know I... Sauvignon Blanc. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> some of the Chibli. Uh, oh, okay, give me some of that. But the, the, the primary focus of Burgundy's production is Pinot Noir for, uh, Bergen, God, I hate you all. Uh, for uh, Bergon, Bergon Blanc. We're just throwing extra letters into this now. Bergon, Rouge, and Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, Bergon. That word. I'm pretty sure it's Bergon. Bergon. They're just throwing extra G's in there now. Uh, to the Burgundy, <laughs> Vignon or winemaker. Uh, the region is not only the original home of these grapes, but the terroir that best expresses their character, elegant, aromatic, and complex, none of which are us. What is terroir? Terroir uh, is the symbiosis of grapes, soil, climate, vineyard placement, and human touch, all rolled into one. I was, I was worried that it was like wine terrorism. <laughs> Burgundy is all about Tawah. It's uh, not just the taste of rocks. It's not just the minerals. It's it's everything together. Yes. Mm. So grapes, getting into it. Love that you all gave this to me. Uh, Pinot Noir is the classic grape of red Burgundy, whose greatest wines are concentrated in the east and southeast facing limestone hills of Burgundy's... Cote d'Or? Cote d'Or? Totally guessing on that one. <laughs> sure. Uh, this thin-skinned grape is a no- notoriously temperamental variety, uh, which... <laughs> flipping over desks. <laughs> so angry about nothing. Which has proved difficult to grow in certain climates and soils. Uh, there's no grape like Pinot Noir with its heady perfumes and sweet red berry flavors of raspberry, lagonberry, uh, mulberry... Cherry and strawberry. Ain't no grape like a pin- ain't no grape like a Pinot Noir grape because a Pinot Noir grape is red. <laughs> exactly. Takes well to French oak. Uh, in bottles, develops truffly. Uh, th- there we go. That's, that's truffly a- and gamey. Truffly, truffly and gamey. Yeah. Yum. That's <laughs> isn't that kind of the same thing as bad meat. <laughs> Pinot Noir is one of the most fragrant red grapes in the world with a variety of scented aromas based on red berry characters closest to raspberry and strawberry and often tinged with uh, incense and cola-like spice. Look, sir, I know raspberry and strawberry. Raspberry and strawberry are friends of mine. (laughs) And this grape is no raspberry or strawberry. I do kind of pick up what he's talking about, like what they're saying with the cola-like spice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be a little minty and vegetable, Veg, 
Vegetal. You said it right. All right. But when ripe, usually tastes of raspberry or strawberry as well as cherry. And with exotic lingonberry, mulberry, and fraud. Fraud de bois. If overripe, it becomes jammy. That sounds better. <laughs> as uh, it matures, yeah, that honestly. Like as it, jam. As it matures in bottle, it often develops uh, silky textures and alluring undertones of truffles, game, and leather. See, it's it, when you get that last bit. I don't know. I can see that with me. the wine, though. Like I, I don't know. I I get that how that would be appealing. This is gonna sound weird because this reference is very strange. But they say leather, and I'm like, I don't want to lick Dolmer Maroney. <laughs> the the guy from uh, uh, my best friend's wedding, who has a very leathery complexion. That's where my brain went. Oh, that's his name? Dolmet okay. Marooney, I believe, yes. Sure it is. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the more gonna, you know. <laughs> you're going to be uh, pairing some food with your Pinot Noir. Uh, mushroom. Ang- Ang- Agno- Agno- Ang- Agnolotti? Agnolotti. Yeah, that's probably right. I was just waiting to look down and see. And Dolmet Marooney. Oh, <laughs> that's where he's been. They've been eating him. Well, that uh, wild garlic and ricotta ravioli with, with lamb soup. You know, oh. Lamb soup. Yeah. That yeah. No, that sounds on point. I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> cabbage and apples. Oh, casserole of red cabbage and apples. That, that I no, would eat the crap out of that. That does not no. sound appealing in the least. I like both of those things. <laughs> all right, let's get on to Chardonnay. Uh, it's the most popular of all white grape varieties. White. <laughs> Albeit not the most uh, widely planted variety in the world, uh, as that honor goes to Spain's Aran. Yeah, I guess that's the region name. Sure. Uh, As the grape of white burgundy, uh, it produces a variety of flavors and styles according to where it's grown and how it's made. Uh, From minerally unoaked Chablis to the grand and complex nutty dry whites of... uh, Mersault. Mersault. I'm going to say that's not how it's said. But I'm guessing. I'm just... Shangasen, uh, uh, just, no idea. Uh, just just, just skipping, the... skipping all that. All right. Because of... Plungni Montrech. Yes. No, just skipping all that. Uh, because of its versatility, <laughs> it spread like a, like a bushfire throughout Europe. And the New World. This sentence did not get better. Sorry. In the <laughs> Côte de Bon, in the said, riper no. rivers of Polyfrise, there's, yeah. there's about four words of English in the next like three sentences. So, so I was like, just skipping it. <laughs> so, Sorry, guys. <laughs> so again, because of its versatility, <laughs> it spread like a bushfire through Europe and the New World with brilliant opulinity and... Exotically flavored? All right. Exotically flavored whites in California, Australia, and New Zealand. Why is it so much wines coming out of Australia and New Zealand now? I don't know. Uh, we saw a lot of them in the store, too. Yeah. The Australia has been starting up its like wine producing in the last five, six, seven years. We're going to do like an that. episode just on Australian wine. I think it's in the list. Probably is. Uh, but... And then I assume New Zealand went, well, we, we can, can do too. That. Yeah. <laughs> Damn climate change. 
as uh, wine no, that ma- climate change is why you're getting Kentucky wine. <laughs> as winemakers uh, lavish increasing attention on Chardonnay, it does increasingly well in Chile and South Africa. As a non-aromatic variety, it has an affinity with oak, whether new or used. French or American and white barrel fermented Chardonnays, a wild barrel fermented Chardonnays, tend to be the richest, most complex, and long-lived dry whites. The trend to unoaked Chardonnay is catching on as a backlash <laughs> to the hefty, overwooded styles. I'm trying to picture a uh, French, a French, uh, I assume oak. And it's just an oak tree that's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really pretentious oak tree. <sighs> I exude carbon monoxide just to annoy you. <laughs> oh, it's too French. <laughs> All right. Uh, despite talk of Chardonnay fatigue, before the, they're talking about being overly wooded. And that's like, what's going on with wine? Oh, it's just too woody. Well, it's like. I guess they they've been like really pumping up the oak flavors in Chardonnays and like how they're barreling them. I so. want to try them now because like I don't know it was. Our, you want our that s- double oaked? That yeah. double double oak. <laughs> I was gonna say no. Like we're we're coming to this from whiskey where it's like how much more how much more of that wood can we get in there? Can I literally have a piece of the stave in the glass. <laughs> I mean that is a thing you can get in. Like I need a stir. We got this from the oak for that it was. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, no. All right. Despite talk of uh, Chardonnay fatigue, its wonderful flavors, richness, and versatility ensure that it's here to stay. In Burgundy, Chardonnay ranges in quality from bland to intense, and in style from oaked to unoaked, and from the minerally unoaked, lean, bone dry Chablis style to the richer, classically, classically hazel, nutty, intense dry whites. Of the Cote de Buena, I don't Buon Samedi. I'm, I'm suddenly just though thinking of a classically hazelnutty, and all I can think of is a bottle of uh, 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 Nutella, Mrs. Bu- <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth's. Uh, no. The the, no, not actual Mrs. Butterworth's, but what we call Mrs. Butterworth's, the spirit, the the liqueur. Oh, um, Frangelico. Yes. Uh, so, in the New World, Chardonnay varies from the melon, apple, and grapefruit cool climate styles to more tropical fruit styles with flavors of peach, mango, lime, and pineapple. Mango. Mango. As a non-aromatic variety, uh, its affinity with oak brings both textured, buttery roundness as well as smoky, toasty, clove, and cinnamon, spice, and nutty features. We should have gotten a Chardonnay. I mean, that was, I was like, I feel like we should, but at the same time. At the time, I knew nothing about it. At yeah. the time, all I knew was, I really don't like white wine. I may not care for wine. I know I hate white wine. I've only ever had, like, two white wines that I didn't, and I didn't like them, so. I generally dislike reds more than I dislike whites, so. Uh, hmm. All right, well, if you're going to be matching anything with your Chardonnay. Uh, lobster tortellini mm. <laughs> with medallions with parsley condiment and bisque sauce. That's a lot going on there. Uh, yeah. So this is I'm the matchings with this. It's like giving you the act, like it's Whole coming. Yeah, it's can... just short of giving you the whole recipe instead of just being like, 
generally seafood or maybe what? flounder. This is like well, the really... other one, like the Pinot Noir had the it was ahead. Yeah. Of the recipes well, what about too. a what about a Thai green curry with chicken? Mm. And then this is like from the article we pulled this. Uh, it actually does link to recipes. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, also, uh, wines to drink with apple puff pastry rolls and Christmas spices. Yes. Please. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, so let's get into the regions a bit more. So now that we understand that both red burgundy and white burgundy are simply other names for Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, let's understand what makes these wines more coveted than versions of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay from other parts of the world. First up is Chablis. So Chablis, <laughs> you unfortunately Brittany's. Uh, you, you couldn't Brit- see that expression. <laughs> couldn't see Brittany's uh, mild aneurysm happen. <laughs> uh, so it's famous for lean, unoaked Chardonnay. Chablis is the growing region located furthest north and is geographically set apart from the rest of Burgundy. It's like the, uh, it's like that weird part of Pr- it's like that weird part of Prussia before uh, mm. Prussia made up Germany. <laughs> Because, you know, there was East and West Prussia. Deep deep cut. Deep <laughs> cut. <laughs> deep historical cut. Uh, the River Serene uh, flows through the area, moderating the climate, and the grapes have been grown here since the... Caesarean. That's not what that says. No. Cistercian? monks. In reality, it's really closer to Champagne, both in terms of location and climate, with harsh cold winters, spring frost, and hot summers. The dominant soil here is called Camaridgian. Camaridgian. Yeah, like it's a cardigan of Kim. Sure. Yeah, that's what that meant. Um, (laughs) uh, The limestone, just like in Champagne. Its white, chalky texture is great at retaining and reflecting the warmth of the sun, sorely needed this far north, which also helps the grapes ripen and gives the wine a purity and crispness that just says Chablis. <laughs> it just says Chablis. Uh, so all the wines are white and made with Chardonnay grapes. Um, so next is the one I'm not going to say correctly. Uh, <laughs> Cote de Nuits. I was going to go with Coat the nuts. <laughs> Coat the <de> nuts. <laughs> uh, it, it, it literally hurts, actually. Uh, uh, famous for Pinot Noir. So, Coat de Nuits. I'm, that's probably wrong, you guys. I'm really sorry. Uh, probably uh, Nuit. In French, you just leave off the last few syllables. Nuit. I like nuit. to think Casey's nuit. just shaking his head. Yeah. I mean, probably <laughs> Casey's somewhere in the distance, not knowing, not hearing it, but just he's like, just like uh, he's waking up in a he's waking up in a cold sweat, like oh, <laughs> they're butchering. Okay, um, or is it a Hank Hill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so these are it's named after walnut trees. It's home to twenty four Grand Cru vineyards and some of the most uh, the world's most expensive vineyard real estate. So Cote de Nuts is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> pretty on point okay i'm just saying i'm right i'm so sorry you guys <laughs> especially if anybody knows any french at all god okay I, um, I speak i speak the most french and i like coat de nuts <laughs> god okay uh the area begins just south of dijon and ends at the village of Horgoloin. 
Corgaloin? Sure. 80% of the wines produced here are Pinot Noir, and the remaining 20% are either Chardonnay or Rosé, a specialty of Marcinet. Uh, the Grand Cru vineyards form a patchwork on the eastern slopes facing the valley of the Salm River. Hold on. Let's let's just take a second to appreciate Marcinet. the 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 way that flows rosé made in marcinet <laughs> i mean they've got to have it on banners right rosé and marcinet stays mainly on the plains um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so uh facing the valley of that word river starting at the village of gevery chambertine chambertine sure uh past okay this is really descriptive as to where this is located. Look it's at a, a map, kids. It's okay. a village near a river. Down by the <laughs> river. <laughs> Most are small and can have many owners due to the structure of post-French Revolution inheritance laws. These renowned <laughs> expressions... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Says a lot about... <laughs> yeah. Says a lot about the problems here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these renowned expressions of Pinot Noir can age for decades... And it might just take that long to save up for them, as prices can easily creep up into thousands of dollars. But don't give up. Try some of the Cote de Nuit's village villages uh, for wines from. Fixin. Uh, Fixin. That's, that's how it looks. But I know that. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna put this list somewhere. I think. Fixin the Cote de Nuit. <laughs> We're obviously the, tired and drinking. Fixing to coat the nuts with that rosé. I want a t-shirt that just... <laughs> it's our next sticker. <laughs> oh, it hurts a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so mostly Pinot Noir, the wines show classic full-bodied burgundy notes of black currant, cherry, fresh red fruits, and earthy mushroom and spice. Offerings in the Premier Crew category can be good buys as well and perfect, or as well and perfect for special occasions. So that sounds just fine. All right, uh, our next is going to be Cote de Buena. Okay, I'm looking up how to say this right now. Cote Bona. Named after the medieval village that is the heart of wine commerce in Burgundy. Wine from this region is quite different from that of its neighbor to the north. Uh, here the valleys are open and rolling. The vineyards have more of a southeasterly exposure and Chardonnay plays a more important role with seven of the eight Grand Cru vineyards producing white wine. Uh, Corton, Corton, Charlemagne, Charlemagne, Montercet. Literal translation is Bald Mountain. Sounds like a mountain for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all of them. Uh, being some of the well-known names, again, you don't need to mortgage the farm to enjoy amazing wines from this region. Uh, the whites are filled with aromas of soft white flowers, dried grasses, fresh apple and pear, and sometimes a touch of hazelnut. There are many amazing red wines, too. Uh, wines have flavors of plum, cherry stone, white tobacco, and that... 
Why is it whenever they change it around, I like my eyes cross. Burgundian? I'm, Burgundian. Just like adding the Ian. I'm like, wait, what? Signature earthy minerality and good acidity. Oh, got that good acidity. Mm. Cut the nuts. <laughs> Cut the... Bueno? Buon? Buon? I, I, I'm just guessing. Yeah, that's, that's so am I. Buon. Yeah. Are called... Co- to pronounce. Cote de bon. Cote uh, de or. Cote de together. bon. Cote. Cote de bon. Cote de bon. Cote de bon. Cote de bon. But... Yeah, apparently together they are called Cote d'Or. Cote d'Or. Which that looks like in the text, Cote d'Or together. <laughs> like it's it's all one one yeah. name. Cote d'Or means golden slope. The Cote de Nuits and Cote de... How do we say? Bon. Bon. Are historically considered the most important regions in Burgundy. I mean, those nuts are very important. <laughs> And more than Burgundy. <sighs> All right. Hold on. She's Got she's another just. Côte de Nuit Village. Côte de Nuit. De. So, the <laughs> Nuit server is Nuit. I, I, it's Côte de Nuts. Côte de Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> because we're from Kentucky. <sighs> All right. Uh, our next one is Côte. Chalonet? That, that sounds right, yeah. Uh, Cote de that looks Chalonets. less complicated. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bursales. Uh, just, it looks like Chardonnay had a baby with mayonnaise in that name. <laughs> Great for value, Pinot Noir, and sparkling uh, Cremant. Sure. Our next stop in our tour of Burgundy is the Cote de Chalonet. Uh, situated between. Look, you just start dropping sounds, and it seems French. I like to imagine that when you they're teaching children French in school, like they just write this really long, long word, and they go, "Okay, how is this?" And it's like you know, fifteen letters, and they just go, "Uh, correct." <laughs> Everything else is silent. Well, it's situated between the towns of. Uh. It's two towns where there are no Grand Cru. There are no Grand Cru vineyards. Just just, you got to deal with it. Uh, The Dukes of Burgundy were centered in Dijon and like to keep their holdings close to home, which is not here. They considered these areas uh, to the south to be more rural and for the peasants. What a shame! They really missed out on some more superb wines. Yeah. But the Dukes had all the mustard. The first village in the northern part of the region is. Bozon? Bozon? The only appellation devoted to the other white grape of Burgundy. Allegot? Sure. <laughs> this is a perfect summer sipper of choice for fish and shellfish. Not so, for people, though. No, no, no. <laughs> Clams love it. <laughs> you uh, see shrimp swimming in that thing, they're just happy as can be. <laughs> Happier than the clams. The Alagot is floral with notes of citrus and flint and perhaps a touch of honey. 
delicious. Okay, one of these things is not, not like, like the that. other. <laughs> one of these things just doesn't belong. One of these things is striking fire. <laughs> Another village that does something a bit different. Uh, do we see a pattern emerging? Is Ruli, a vibrant center of uh, Cremant de... I hate doing this. Bourgogne? Bourgogne. Bourgogne, I think. Production since the 19th century, these white and rosé sparklers are made in traditional method, just as in champagne. Like little sparkler sticks of wine. <laughs> just They're rose gold and rosé. You know. Yeah. Uh. All right, the villages of... There's more villages. Yeah. Uh, just there are more... three other villages. <laughs> they, they lay atop wonderful soils. Uh, layers of Jurassic limestone with uh, marl and topsoils of eroded pebbles of clay. Sorry, I'm just picturing you open up the wine and it just goes da 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 da. You put the put the cork back in it and lift it back off slowly, and it's like a T Rex roaring. In fact, the area around the villages uh, in the middle of Chalonnet has over 13 types of soil. These different plots give the wines individual character, and the winemakers here really know their soils, with some having held the vineyard lands since the 17th century. Question. Do you think Jean-Luc Picard, that the Picard vineyard was in one of the Burgundy? You could probably tell. So we, Ooh, because they show the his family vintage, like the wine label, mm-hmm. very... Very much in the front of the shot in the trailer for the new Picard series. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we could probably go still frame that and mm. see exactly. We'll, fi- we'll find out for everyone. We'll report back. Uh, the wines from this area are a good value. They range uh, from smooth Chardonnays with subtle oak influences to ripe tree fruits to more rustic Pinot Noirs filled with dried strawberry, cherry, earth, and forest influences. And even suede like tannins. They had me until suede like tannins. That's like the leather thing all over again, though. Mm-hmm. All right, well, next I get the great word. Macané? Macané? Macané. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, awesome valued Chardonnay. The most southerly region and the largest of Burgundy is the Macané. Hmm. Once thought of as ordinary, This region is somewhat the rogue of the family. During hard times, like the worldwide depression of the 1920s, and during the the two world wars, this region felt the brunt of the misfortune. Many of the local growers sold their grapes to cooperatives in order to survive. By the 1960s and 70s, tastes began to change, and the consumption of wine began to drop. The growers realized they needed to improve the wines if they wanted to compete. Fruit quality standards were set, and many younger growers, inheriting the family vineyards, decided to make their own wines. Located between the town of Tournus and St. Baron, it lies at the crossroads between northern and southern France. The change is striking. As you travel south, even the buildings appear different. More Mediterranean in color and style, with curved tiles and on the rooftops. The climate is decidedly warmer, too. In fact, harvest begins a full two weeks earlier here than in Chablis. In the center of the region is 
another place, although it was declared as an appellation in 1999, outstanding wines have been here for centuries. The influence of the warmer climate shows up in the well-structured Chardonnays with notes of ripe stone fruits, honeysuckle, citrus peel, and wild herbs. The main area, and the most famous, is in the south. Uh, Puyli oh. Fusse? Uh. No idea. This region is a beautiful, open amphitheater of vineyards. The surrounding villages lay in the valley bottom, cast in the shadow of Mont Soulitre and Mont Vergisson. No sure. yeah. uh, many of the vineyards border Boyolais, Boyolais, uh, just over the hills to the south. The soils here are full of limestone with a little granite as well. Oh, that's that's uh, that's Beaujolais. Beaujolais. Okay, Beaujolais. Uh, the Sorry, wines. I was busy finding an answer to our question about Ricard. Oh, okay. Uh, it, uh, he makes Bordeaux. Ah, okay. Mm. Well, still the French thing. Right. Still French. Yeah. Uh, the wines are white, made from Chardonnay, and display soft apple, pineapple, and white peach aromas with wonderful structure and freshness. Hmm. Okay, so Burgundy wine classifications. Find better quality Pinot Noir and Chardonnay from Burgundy by understanding how the wines are classified. There are over 100 appellations or approved wine growing areas. And these are divided into four levels of quality. We will not be covering all 100 appellations. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have the time. No. Not at all. Uh, so 1% Grand Cru uh, wines from Burgundy's top plots. Uh, there are 33 Grand Crus in the Cote d'Or, and about 60% of the production is dedicated to Pinot Noir. Hmm. 10% Premier Cru wines from exceptional... <laughs> in Burgundy, like climate. Yeah, I was just trying to say, like, think of the correct way to say it. Uh, there are 640 Premier Cru plots in Burgundy, which is not small. Uh, 37% village wines, which we learned also called communes, <laughs> um, from a village or commune of Burgundy. That's what the proletariat called them. Right. Uh, there are 44 villages, including Chablis. Um, what did we say that was the list? Noé. Noé? Nuts. Yeah. Uh, Noé Saint-Georges. Georges. Georges. And uh, Macon villages. 52% regional wines. Um, wines from overarching... Bourgogne Appalachians. Bourgogne Appalachians. There's just too many Gs. Yeah, no, I'm just looking at it and taking a guess, but I'm trying to make it a consistent guess. It just makes me think of that Michael Sheen reading Welsh thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like there are literally no vowels in that word. You're making stuff up right now. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk a little bit in more detail about some of these. Uh, regional wines can be made from grapes grown anywhere in, uh, in Burgundy. Uh, and they tend to be fresh, light, and lively in making them terrific sippers or aperitif wines. You will find them labeled Bourgogne Rouge, red, or Bourgogne Blanc. And don't forget to check out the back label to help on those wines. They're now allowed to note the grape variety, which can be very helpful. I like to imagine before it was like, what's in here? What kind of grapes does it take to make this? You don't need to know that. You need to drink. <laughs> drink more. You'll be so drunk you won't care. 
if you like sparkling wines, the delightful Clement de Bourgogne is also in this category. Oh, sorry, Clement de Bourgogne. Uh, village wines, the next step up in the are the village wines, which are ma- named after the towns near to where the grapes are sourced, not where they actually age anything, but where they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, these wines are still fresh and fruity with little to no oak, but are a tad more complex. Look for names like Bouillet uh, Fouissé and Satinet Grive, sorry, Give or uh, Mercure, Mercure. Yeah. I, I just like Mercury, which is obviously not correct. <laughs> uh, and then they also have the Premier Grand Cru Burgundy. Uh, Premier Grand Cru are special vineyards within a village. These bits uh, are uh, these bits of vineyards are called Clément. Uh, oh, Clémats. It actually Clémats. Okay. Uh, the and produce wines that are a bit more intense than the regular old village wines. They may be uh, that may be because of the type of soil, the way the vineyards are facing the morning sun, uh, longer aging in oak, or a myriad of other reasons. Uh, Premier Cru's are still affordable and make marvelous food wines. Label uh, will say Premier Cru or one, the number one or Cru. Well, it has a number one there. I don't know if it's a typo or not. No idea. So, uh, and then Grand Cru Burgundy. Uh, finally, the big daddy of the Bourgogne, the Grand Cru, with famous names like Romanet Conti and La Tache and Montreset, etc., and labels that will pr- uh, proudly proclaim the Grand Cru status. Although these wines just account for over 1% of Burgundy's annual production, these wines are for people willing to pay top dollar. Bold, powerful, complex, uh, pardon, and made for cellaring. They are the epitome of both Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. There are a total of 33 Grand Cru vineyards in Burgundy. Some of are just inches away from Premier Cru vineyard. So they're literally the next door going, oh, How's it going over there, peasant? <laughs> exactly. Uh, wow, that's uh, so. So we apologize for all the uh, butchering of the French language done in this episode. But when we dive into some of these other topics that we've now discovered later on, uh, maybe we can better prepare ourselves for what we're getting into. Yes. No, I I I enjoy our our slapdash approach to to the language. I don't. To a certain point. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Coat de nuts. Coat de nuts. Uh, uh, so what about what? What are we? Uh, so what are we actually drinking? Um, so uh, we are. I, I believe <clears throat> we need to officially oh, enter. That's true. That's true. Drink with me, friend. Yes. So we've got uh, Joseph Drohin. A Bourgogne Pinot Noir from 2016. So, an actual little. It took us a little longer than longer than we (laughs) would like to admit. Yeah, than one would would hope even um, to find an actual wine from Burgundy. Said about the Pinot Noir, born in Burgundy, we created this wine like a perfume with elegance and fruitiness in the Chalonnay. Uh, depth from the Cote d'Or. We within the red and fruit aromas, raspberry, red currants, and black currants. Uh, I love these. This is a quote from somebody. I love the subtle 
spiciness on the mouth and soft tannins and silky texture. It's attractive and well-bred and doesn't take itself too seriously. This is from Vernock Durham, someone's review of it, I guess. But it is technically a burgundy. Mm-hmm. Took us a minute to, yeah. to find one. Um, I had looked up, this is actually one of the brands that I had looked up as far as really good but budget uh, burgundy wines. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks for a bottle. Yeah. After, you know, tax and all that business. But, um, so yeah, reasonable price on the wine bottle. It's a, it, it is a red, obviously, Pinot Noir. Uh, I don't think it tastes bad. This is We're not wine people, obviously. No. We've expressed that. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. If you're still here, then you're quite aware. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, first of all. Uh, but I I liked it. Um, I like the reds with, like, a that diacetyl kind of, like, you know, rich, buttery yeah, okay. situation. I don't know if I'd go as far as say diacetyl, but it. There well, is the a, the buttery, you know. Yeah, there is a well. No, I just mean like there is a there is a richness to it. I don't know if I necessarily pick up butter. But, oh, I I did, but that's just me. Uh, but it is. Uh, I was able to get through a glass of it, which is better than some wines we've had on the show. Better than most. I definitely got when it was talking about like the cherry and like the black currants and stuff. Yeah. I, I I picked that up definitely. It's a little dry, but it's not. Yeah. Not the worst wine I've I've ever had. Chris, what did you think? It's the worst wine he's ever had. <laughs> no, uh, it's definitely fruity and. Again, I just don't really care for wine. I yeah, don't. yeah. Look, I don't either. But I'm trying to at least figure out like oh, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, I've uh, had crap wines that are you know so. I like berries, and this is very berry like. Yes. So I guess that gives it some major points. I think a lot of the descriptions it offered were on point as far as like. So they were on point, but this is very much from other wines I've had. This is very much watered down. Really. Yeah, at least in the flavor that I'm getting. Yeah, it's okay. not as uh, robust as some of the the yeah. others, I guess. But it's it makes it a lot more drinkable. Yes, and it you know again it's it's a good we got a good budget wine, um, but it's actually you know from the area in which <laughs> it, it, it we needed it to be from. So uh, I don't know. I, I I liked it. Obviously, like not a wine person. I'm not gonna go out and buy it again, but. I would recommend it if you are a red wine drinker. At least, at least if you're trying to start out, maybe see if, yeah. see if this is for you. But yeah, I think it's a good starting point, definitely. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think that's us rambling in terrible French for yeah. long enough. <laughs> yeah, I think we so. are. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media uh, and twitch.tv. That said, those resources may give you a better idea how to pronounce this than than we will. Yes. I feel uh, like we need to just have like a link to Google Translate on our resources page. It also should be said, um, if uh, you uh, want to support us and do not want to have to go through Patreon or any of that, odds are you have an Amazon Prime account because I don't know anyone who doesn't, which means you have a Twitch Prime free membership you can give out you know, every month to a new, new uh, show or channel on Twitch, and you know, you know we'll, we'll take those those Bezos bucks yeah. for a month. Mm-hmm. It's a good, what free way for you to uh, kick a little support our way. Mm-hmm. 
Now, don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the feedback, uh, sorry, use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, or you can just use the feedback page on the website. Or, you know, shout really loudly into the Aether. Maybe we'll hear it. It'll travel. The God Emperor will make sure it does. Mm-hmm. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. All right, and uh, you can check us out. Um, we weren't live for this episode, but you can check us out again next weekend for our live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>